Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Welcome to another episode of People with Purpose. I'm joined today by uh, Kerry Reese, who's the founder of Wild Running uh, and uh, has made his life work really about running through nature, uh, helping people to enjoy uh, the process of running, connecting with the landscape and um, themselves, uh, and uh, and really, yeah, just r- reminding people that you know, whilst uh, whilst whilst pain. Uh, might be uh, might be temporary. Um, it's uh, it's something that you come through. So uh, so whether, whether mental or physical, running is quite a good way to explore that. So welcome to the show, Kerry. Hi, David. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, so uh, so what are you uh, what are you up to at the minute? Well, I'm recovering actually. Uh, recovering uh, lack of sleep from the weekend. Uh, I had um, an event. It was a collaboration called the Salmon Run. Uh, with uh, it's a tidelines initiative. Uh, there were CIG and CIC in, in Exmouth, and, and they um, came up with this brilliant idea of um, following the salmon migration up the X, um, a 50 mile community relay um, with the Creative um, Peninsula uh, and the Exeter University and um, the museum in, in Exeter. Uh, and the idea was uh, because the, the salmon stocks have been dwindling as a keynote uh, species. Um, they've been dwindling massively over the last 10 years by as much as 90%. Um, and it's a way of sort of connecting people, A, to the river, B, to the salmon and the story of the salmon, uh, and C, to see if there's anything that can be done about it. Uh, so it's almost like less of a ra- certainly not a race, more of a, a sort of um, almost like an arts project where the runners are the performers in a way. Um, so, so the, the latter stages involved a ritual, um, reading out poems, um, and, uh, sort of celebrating the salmon, if you like. So, um, it was very enjoyable, but very full on a lot of work. It was involved, you know, despite the fact it wasn't huge numbers of people, you still have to do the work. And we, I think I got back at midnight last night. So yeah, I'm currently recovering from that. I've drunk a lot of coffee today. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's good for good for recovery in lots of different ways. Uh, but um, so so okay. So this kind of uh, um, a mission, then this kind of an event, is is that the kind of thing that you spend a lot of your time doing? The events. So um, so uh, a lot of my events, the events I do, have been involved with uh, whether they're swim run events or ultra races or the night run series, for example. A lot of them have a sort of personal um, connection. So like the Green Lantern has a personal connection uh, because it was um, uh, I discovered the Green Circle whilst I was um, in Exeter. My partner was having uh, chemotherapy at the time at the uh, Royal Devon and Exeter. And it was my sort of form of therapy, I suppose, going for a run um, whilst I was waiting for take my mind off things. And um, uh, and in that time, I thought, you know what, I'd like to give something back because Force Cancer based in Exeter were very, very helpful um, for my kids um gave them some sort of play therapy so i want to say thank you so i decided to raise a bit of money for them by uh making them the beneficiary of of this trail run um so and then and then you know uh the first one that run series we did i think the first event we raised money for shelter 
at the time. And then the second one, uh, we did something for Bristol Children's Hospital because my um, nephew was treated there for, um, uh, he had um, uh, an illness when when he was born. I've forgotten the name for it, name of it now. Oh dear. Um, I've had a, I've had a blank. That's all right. It'll, it'll come back at some point, probably halfway through. No, it's very sentence. common. It's a very common. It's very <laughs> yeah. common. Anyway, it'll come back to me. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever get that thing where you walk into a room and you, and you kind of you got no idea why you're there and you have to retrace your steps? Yeah, it's not so much. Um, I go upstairs and think, what am I doing up here? It's more case of I'm sitting on my laptop and thinking, oh, what am I doing now? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think that happens to a lot of people. I think a lot of people get 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 that, but then then it does. It come it comes it comes back. So I reckon that at some point during this conversation, the name <laughs> the name the name of that illness will come back, and you'll probably just blurt it out in the middle of a sentence about something else altogether, and we'll be we'll be trying to work out what you're on about again. But uh, but we'll but we'll, we'll we'll keep up. We'll keep up. But okay. So so you tie you tie then your passion for for running together with other 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 courses causes or, or 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 interests i mean one thing that i found quite fascinating looking at your your website was some a lot of the things that you've done have been about the whole thing about well-being and about how running can kind of help people to kind of almost get in touch with themselves a little bit is that something that's been a, a, a sort of a bit of a feature for you yeah so um i want to be a little bit careful when I talk about well-being because it's it's become a sort of buzzword now, hasn't it? And it's been like it's become a hashtag thing. Um, and well-being is is such a general term uh, now, and it's, it's also become a little bit trendy to uh, to say to, to, as a catch-all. But what does it actually mean? It's very simple. Um, it's, it's I just see it as a, as a way of um, uh, describing the current um, confusion. Uh, due to the complexity and speed of life, mm. um, and especially with you know recent events, uh, people on, are put into a position where they lose their connection with each other, or, or with maybe with their community, uh, or maybe with maybe even with their own physicality as well. And so I, I would I would use another word. I would say I would say um, it's about connection. It was about making connections. Um, and I think, like, if I was to boil it down, that's probably what 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 motivates me to put on races. Um, I don't make an awful lot of money from it, so I definitely don't do it from the money for the money. Um, everything I do, like I say, has to have some sort of personal um, footprint at it on it, which is why, for example, I'll give poems to to my runners, which is a bit marmite, I have to admit. Uh, I get quizzical responses to that sometimes um <laughs> i didn't ask you to write a poem um because i think i would like to be given a poem by the race director because if it, it's not just a general poem it's 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 uh it's not the cat sat on the mat it's about it's specific to to the run itself and to the landscape and i think it's a nicer gesture because it takes sweat and imagination to produce something like that and quite a long time as opposed to just buying yet another thing that people will stick in a drawer and do not need. Mm-hmm. And yes, I do get it. I do get that adults can be inspired uh, and motivated by bling. It's just I don't want to pander to that because I don't think that is what the world needs at this moment in time. Right. So I, I got, I, yeah, I, I can relate to that because, yeah, medals are 
a nice a nice to get when you finish an event but actually for me anyway run, running is a way of um well one keeping myself you know vaguely vaguely in trim if you like so that so that i i kind of i can kind of eat and and drink what i want uh, two it's a it's a really really important source of uh uh a kind of uh, yeah if you use the word connection someone use the same word as you so i connect with my i reconnect with myself again when i'm out running you know and uh, i'm not a fast runner i'm never gonna i'm never gonna win any races i've got no aspiration to win races my running goal is just to keep running my whole life because i because i enjoy being out there in the wild open spaces um and enjoying seeing um the, i mean the things that you see when you're out running uh, can be really kind of incidental uh, day-to-day life you know you kind of run past somebody's house and someone's putting out the rubbish or whatever and you say good morning from from that sort of thing to being in these beautiful landscapes you know as as you've said a couple of times we're in devon in the southwest of england so you've got dartmoor on your doorstep you've got the coast path all that sort of stuff but even running around sort of towns you find a park and it's just 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 amazing or, or there's a there's a lake there and it's just, and you know first thing in the morning last thing at night you're out there in in the kind of in the wider environment just enjoying it so if i was to run a race somewhere where i've not been before and somebody was to give me um, a message or a or a poem or a, a link to something about that locality i'm interested in that because it tells me more about the context of where i am Absolutely. Yeah, I I totally agree. And you, you do a lot of the Dartmoor runners stuff, right, Dave? Mm. Well, I think so. Yeah. Um, and um, I think a lot of the things they do are they're they're they're, they're sort of very um, they're, they're very simple. They're very straightforward. Um, it takes takes a certain type of motivation to go out in the winter on a Sunday morning, knowing that you've got a percentage chance of getting lost um, <laughs> with a compass. You're going to get wet. You're going to get muddy. Um, uh, and you won't necessarily get a lot of chat because people do don't hang around, do they? Because they meet in a car park, get changed quickly, and it's only one or two will go to the pub afterwards. Mm. Uh, most people have to get back to their families, etc. So you're doing it really for the for the pure and simple elemental reason of the of the of the running and the uh, experience of running uh, over the landscape um, in all in all weathers. And the message that gives to yourself is. I think it's partly like, you know what? I'm, I, uh, I, I'm not. I don't care about the weather. We live in a country where it rains a lot. Um, so, so get, so get used to it. Suck it, suck it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to yeah, rain. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so you're sending a message to yourself. I think as well uh, that you can do things just by saying to yourself, "I want to do this." Mm. Absolutely right. And yeah, and you're right. Sometimes a run for me is um is is that whole that kind of solitary thing where i'm kind of reconnecting with myself to a degree and sometimes so i i, I go hashing i've not been actually all summer because other stuff's been happening on 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 the on on the, the local the local hash uh, day but um but hashing actually you do you do get that sense of community and you uh, i well, the thing i love about hashing is that you've got people from age 8 to 80 all all, all abilities um just get just meeting 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 up and going for a run and a well-planned trail means people 
end up finishing broadly at the same time and they engage the pub if they want to afterwards or whatever it is and it becomes a a bit more of a social thing and the kind of connections and friendships i've made through hashing well that's what led me to dartmoor runners yeah and uh, and all of that and uh, and it's um it's great it's actually kept me running because i started running uh, in 2007 uh, and i was i was a fat git basically i i i kind of eaten a lot and 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 drunk a lot and i entered a i entered a half marathon as my first thing but running on roads i found um i, I kept getting this recurring injury so just literally four weeks before the half marathon i did did it did the bristol half marathon three years in a row four four weeks before i'd end up with this blooming injury and i was about to give up running and then i found running on on trails and and it makes a massive difference um for me running on trails both for the environment but also i, I don't know why, why it is there must be some kind of physio physiological reason for it but i guess because you're not there is repetition but because you're not doing exactly the same stride every single stride uh you're probably balancing the load and and all of that sort of stuff i don't know yeah i think i think it's a very uh uh, uh immediate way of um uh reminding yourself uh that you are um at the whim of the elements and not the other way around um you know you can you can you can go out for a run on dartmoor on an off day um, and you're feeling terrible, maybe mentally, physically, maybe you've had a stressful day, whatever. And quite a lot of the time you can surprise yourself because it's like having a cold shower. You, you, on some stage of the run, you'll wake up um, and start enjoying it. Um, and it usually doesn't take that long. It probably takes a bit longer as you get towards our kind of age. Um, <laughs> um, but likewise, if you're not fit, it will find you out as well. Um, you know, in in a different way to if you're just sort of going for. I don't. I don't want to pitch. I don't want to pitch road running versus uh, trail running, right? Because it, it's the same thing essentially. It's just one one happens to involve a, a more sort of rugged kind of landscape uh, to the other. But but the 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 sort of um, repetition of running uh, with the same kind of cadence uh, without the uh, disruption of uh, the you know the gnarly knobbly bits that uh, uh will change force you to change your um your cadence and your stride um that's a kind of it's a, in a way it's a way of waking you up a bit i think um but 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 when you're running on tarmac you kind of don't get that so it's quite possible to sort of sleep run through sleepwalk for a run without mm. actually realizing you've been for a run sometimes yeah. i i find yeah. i find that's a personal thing yeah yeah I've heard you talking about um, zom zombie running. Was that there, there was on on your yeah. podcast, your World Running podcast? We were talking to, is it Tim? Tim Lenton. Yeah. Tim Lenton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you were talking a bit about zombie running. Now, it's interesting this because sometimes I'll run with music, and sometimes I'll run with a podcast on, and sometimes I'll run with nothing in my ears at all, and. There's no uh, rhyme or reason other than kind of what I feel I need at the time. So I don't know whether that means that I'm sometimes zombie running or, 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 or and sometimes I'm not. I mean, what, 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 what is zombie running to you? For me, um, zombie running, which I found myself uh, uh, saying it when I was talking to Tim, uh, I think I find it's like probably the kind of, um, activity it doesn't relate to running, it can relate to anything. 
where you're doing something for the sake of it um, because you think you should uh, or because you've always done it. Um, and so it's like pushing yourself to go out for a run, maybe without 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 a goal even, you know, so um, or, or maybe with, without the sort of intrinsic motivation that, that, that comes with it. Maybe it's sort of like some extrinsic thing because, you know, you want to reach a, a certain goal on Strava or um, you want to um, uh, say that you've run 20 kilometers instead of 19.9 kilometers. <laughs> that, I think that's what I mean. Now, I, I don't want to be pejorative about people who do that because I know a lot, a lot of us do that. Um, but to me, it's like um, it's a bit pointless because it's a bit like saying, um, I'm going to sacrifice all the things I could do tonight. I could spend, be spending time with my family. I could be uh, listening to a really, I was going to say listening to an interesting podcast. You can do that when you're running. But I, I don't know if that's zombie running or not, to be honest. Hmm. Um, um, I, 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 you know, all the things I could be doing, I could be chatting to a long lost friend. I could be, you know, I could be, I could be uh, uh, d doing that, that, that assignment that I was supposed to do uh, weeks ago. But instead, I'm going to make myself go for a run. Now, um, I know that everybody has their own individual goal. It could be losing weight. It could be, uh, you know, they're chipping away at their 5K park run time. But I suppose what I'm talking about is like a sort of like aimless, aimless running, I suppose. Mm. You know, mm. um, I'm not talking about transcendental Zen like meditation. I'm talking about just doing it because you've always done it or you think you should do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's like people who repeat the same, repeat a conversation they've just heard and they don't actually have a view of it. They're just repeating it, um, which, um, yeah, anyway, that, to me, that's, that's like zombie running. <laughs> right, okay, okay. So what's the difference between that then and, and, and having, having a, a, and wanting to get into a good habit, so therefore forcing, forcing yourself to go out for a run when you don't, if you're honest with yourself, you don't really feel like it. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I, I think running should be, should be fun, really. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're really, really tired at the end of the day, don't go for a run. Um, because, um, if your body's under physical stress and you've got cortisol floating around it, a run, a run will not eliminate that, especially if you're going out late at night uh, at the end of a long day. You know, I think, um, uh, running has its place, um, for dealing with stress and for uh, relaxing you mentally without doubt. Um, and it does that for me, for sure. Um, but if I was like super, super, super stressed, um, I would not look at my diary and go, tonight I'm going to do an interval session um, because that's what it says in my diary. Mm. That, that's just not listening to your body. You, you know, you're not listening to your body and it's, it's, it, you'll feel worse the next day. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's something different, if it's just that little voice in your head, and this is recognizing the distinction, which is saying, oh, do you know what? Looking for excuses, in other words. Oh, do you know what? I'd rather be just flunked in front of a film or something tonight than go for a run. That's different. That's mm. like, that's over, that's overcoming the little negative voice in your head. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, and I, I, I agree with you. So, so the, the little, so do you ever get that then, that little negative voice in your head sometimes? And sometimes you've got to, uh, I've got, a, I've got a, I've got a three year old son, seven year old daughter. 
Yeah. Um, it's very easy easy for me to find excuses not to go running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, I just as I just as much, as much spend time with them. Um, you know, when they come back from school. Um, so um, yeah, of course I get it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm a, I'm a parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've all got stuff going on, haven't we? We've all got stuff going on, and it's about it's about how we can find the right thing, the right thing for us that helps to give us the benefits. That so, so for me, it's running. For you, it's running. And it sounds like you do, you do. So you do some swimming as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm a dipper. I'm a fair weathered swimmer. Um, mm. I prefer to swim with other people. Uh, it's kind of the opposite to my running. I'm quite, I'm quite happy to go out for a long run by myself. It could be several hours or, or just an hour. Um, but with swimming, I prefer to go with, with other people. Um, uh, I, I think maybe, it, maybe it's a safety in numbers thing. Um, I feel like I have a mastery of running, which maybe I don't feel I have with swimming. Mm. Um, you know, it's good to go with someone who, who really knows the elements, really knows the currents, um, especially if it's a long swim. So that's, probably the reason yeah what, what about you david do you do you do a swimming not really no no i mean in living center of the coast it's uh, it's much to my shame really i keep saying to myself i really must you know get myself a wetsuit and get out there but uh but yeah i, I i've not i've not done it i've not done it i've just I've just i've just run really that's that's the main thing i've done i've tried tried cycling a bit uh not really found the same not really found the same uh enthusiasm for that so, uh, so, but swimming is on the list, and the, that's the thing with lists, isn't it? You have to make sure that one day doesn't become never. You know, I better get on with it, I suppose, at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to change your your behavioural patterns, right? It's yeah. really hard, and uh, it almost like you almost have to be hit over the head with it. Sometimes I think you could be talking to someone. I mean, like I did it uh, the other day on the school run. I was talking to this, one of the mothers there, and she goes swimming every day, and she always has a dry robe, and and. Uh, because I've got a broken toe at the moment, I can't run much. So I'm looking for something to do mm. um, other than running. And um, I said to her, oh, yeah, I'd love to come swimming with you guys. And she said, yeah, yeah, So uh, we'll hook you up with, uh, and then called over somebody else, another woman, another mother, who's like, yeah, we go on a Friday, come and join us, et cetera. Um, it, for me, it takes that kind of uh, uh, motivation because it's, 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 not, it's not my natural behavioral pattern to go, to go swimming. <laughs> yeah 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 so pattern interrupt so what was the, what was the what was the pattern interrupt then that, that that got you into setting up wild running in the first place uh the pattern interrupt um well it was career change i suppose um i used to be a journalist so i worked in newspapers and um i realized that um i had come to the end of my learning journey in that particular career or at least i felt like i needed a change so um, I was spending a lot of time in the office and I wanted to do the opposite. I wanted to get outside. Uh, so I did the Camino Santiago, which is a, uh, like a 300 mile walk across Spain. And in that time, it just became really clear to me what I needed to do. Uh, and I met some amazing people along the way who inspired me. And you arrive at certain truths on those kind of journeys. And the truth, my truth was, what the hell am I doing? Doing something uh, that I'm not really enjoying. Uh, working in, under a hierarchical structure uh, and something I don't really believe in. So I um, made the change um, and I set up a uh, wild running, which at the time was the aim of it was to take unemployed people out running. Um, and it got a social entrepreneur, entrepreneurs award. Um, and 
I quickly realized it wasn't really sustainable in that format. I had to look for other avenues. Uh, so I started doing camps and organizing races. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so well, what was the epiphany then? So was it just that you were out there and enjoying it or was it, was it, was it something else? Well, what, what well, was I've always, it? I mean, I've always, I've always enjoyed running. So I've, I've run since I was a child. Um, when I, when I was, uh, nine years old i used to take my dog out running over the two slag heaps on the town moor in newcastle mm-hmm. um and i used to i don't know why i did it i just enjoyed doing it and um uh, and i used to go further and further and then um when i arrived in when i when i lived in um madrid i used to run around the retiro park uh and then when i when i when i lived in um in paris i used to run around all the parks there and for me that was the only thing that sort of at the time I was trying to sort of, uh, you know, acclimatize to the, to a new city and a city where I didn't speak the language as well as other people. Um, it was my sort of grounding thing. Yeah. Uh, reassure. It gave me reassurance, and so I realized the same when I moved to Devon. I used to go out running on Dartmoor, and the wilder the better. So um, I realized actually it sort of soothed me in some way and gave me some sort of like, uh, you know. Uh, a grounding uh, uh, tool. So quite a bold move, though, to to quit quit one career and then start another. I mean, wh- wh- how how long ago was how long ago was that? Um, so that was about two thousand and twelve. So yeah, it was about ten years ago. Mm. Um, and it's evolved. I mean, while running's evolved quite a bit since then. Um, but I've I've not just been it's not just been wild running. I've had two other businesses. So I had, I did, I had an, another events company called something wild, um, which I co-owned with another guy. Um, and then I had another business called wild coast escapes, uh, which was doing what it says on the tin really, um, escapes for people who wanted, mainly people who lived in the city who wanted to go and, um, get the best out of, um, the, uh, Devon's beautiful, beach and coastal havens but it was really me me and, a, and, 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 and another lady who uh said what would we like to do for a weekend Let, why don't we put it all make a formula for all the things we would like to do in a weekend and put it together as a package and then see see you know what kind of people want to come so we did hmm. um but unfortunately the timing was all wrong because we, we launched it just before the pandemic okay. so it wasn't ideal timing hmm. Mm. No crystal ball available though to see that coming. No. Well, yeah. no, no. <laughs> it's a shame that it's a shame. But so, if, if, from the point of view of setting up the businesses, and is what's been the driver behind that? Has that been about you wanting to uh, paddle your own boat, or has that been about um, you know you you having a kind of a, a mission that you're going after and and the best way of fulfilling that mission is to is to be your own boss what's been the driver mm. um i think i've always been quite self-driven um i think i struggled working in hierarchical uh contexts which newspapers was quite it's quite a hierarchical team because you've got your news editor your chief sub your editor you know and it's it's quite it's quite top down mm. um uh, and so are a lot of um uh, working situations where you're basically 
you're asked you're asked to deliver something you might not necessarily necessarily believe in or yeah. or, or agree with um so yeah so yeah i wanted to do yeah i did want to do my own thing but i've also been very careful to build a team around me of people who i respect and look up to and preferably have uh a different skill sets to me that's very perceptive lots of people when they set up a business end up you know do, do, going with people that they like i know that you've the people that you respect you said that and that then trumps the kind of the different skills thing so uh so you've done you've done quite well to to navigate your way your way through that because uh when you look at the number of businesses that are set up and then fail uh, it's, it's quite a lot isn't it half of businesses that are set up fail in the first five years and you know invariably why is that you know because they got they got a product that nobody wants or because they've got a team that can't function together so uh so so yeah so how, how do you make sure that you you've got the right team around you uh, it's a very interesting it's a good question um I, I was thinking about this today actually i was thinking about the people who inspire me and actually i've realized that a lot of people i work with are people who inspire me um and and um you know i don't i don't i don't always keep hold of them um because you know they, they they're quite often talented individuals who have other interests you know uh, or or people who um that you know evolve or evolve because we all evolve um but i but i think that yeah i i'm i think i am good at um uh, uh, at spotting uh personality traits and and I, i'm quite instinctive about the kind of people who uh i i i know i'd like to work with yeah so i suppose that's my that that's my fortune hmm. um but what i what what i often end up thinking is that i would like them to be better rewarded for the time that they put in right right okay and that's not something that the business can necessarily sustain not yet <laughs> but uh, because a lot you know we're not all motivated by money we're all motivated by different things um you know i when i first started out business life well, let's let's call it a business um uh business life it i i i felt like i had to force myself to think more about money because it doesn't come that it didn't come naturally to me uh so I, so i felt like i had to sort of you know really focus on that was now i'm coming to the view that actually you've got to play to your strengths and if you're not motivated by money then just do the things you're motivated by and if you've got to look after a family and you've got to pay a mortgage um hopefully that will come anyway you know so what i'm talking about is a business none of these you know rubbish uh five year business plan what you see yourself doing five years time to grow on an in an exponential way I don't actually believe that is truthful. I think that you have to actually really examine what your strengths are, but you also have to really examine what your motivation is. Mm-hmm. Um and I think if I think if you can do that, then eventually you will you it might be accidentally you might come across it accidentally, but you will hopefully evolve into something that 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 is you. and you get it and you go oh yeah that's what that's what I'm supposed to be doing because initially originally i thought you know i i i i want to find something that is um actually useful to society right what's the what's the most immediate thing 
And I could identify with people who didn't have structure in their day and didn't have um, the confidence that comes with that. You know, having been in very uh, sort of um, unstructured situations where I've lived abroad, uh, you know, in, in, in countries where, you know, I've had to uh, quickly make connections and learn a language, et cetera, et cetera. I think I identified with that. Um, and so I think that's why I started thinking, well, let's take unemployed people out running. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, that is not a sustainable way to, uh, to make a living as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's a view, there's a view that says that, uh, that, that your, your attitudes towards money quite often come from things like your upbringing and, and your background and all that sort of stuff. Is that something yeah. that, that you can relate to? Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. Uh, I think that if I'm honest, I think that, so I come from a kind of like uh, uh, a sort of a sort of middle-class family who didn't have much money. Right. So the middle-class family lived in a big house, but we didn't, we didn't go, you know, we didn't go abroad on holidays. We didn't, you know, parents didn't spend much money. Um, so, so even though we were, we, you know, we lived in a nice house. So, so I think that, um, uh, and you know, my parents did, yeah, they argued about money, you know, a, a lot of parents do. Um, and I think probably we developed a sensitivity about money as a result. I think you do. Uh, and if you carry that on, then you, then, then it becomes one of your sort of latent fears. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe that has happened. I think probably, you know, that is a, that is possibly a thing in the family uh, that is a fear of uh, uh of not having anything or or, or maybe it, it accrues a status that it doesn't warrant yeah yeah and there is this whole thing about mindset towards money uh potentially you know being a being a bad thing i guess my my mentality towards it is that is that actually if you've got a if you've got a mission that you're going after that you've got to find a way to fund that somehow and 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 that means then that if you then need to sell something or whether it be places at an event or whether it be you know um the products or 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 places on a course or whatever it is actually if if you're doing that and there's no mission behind it there's no purpose behind it it does feel like a very soulless and kind of um just about the money type type thing but if there is a kind of a mission there that you want and you want to have a positive impact on people's lives actually what you're doing is you're serving people you're not selling them you're serving yeah. them and and it's about making sure that you do that in a way that that suits you because you must have to promote your events to get people yeah to i do and i and i and i struggle with that sometimes um i don't i don't really like fa i don't like facebook for example mm. but i i am in this facebook trap where i built a following a certain following and it's just it would be crazy to just put that to one side you know because it's it, at the end of the day that is an audience mm. but i also think that uh my natural audience probably isn't on facebook and probably isn't you know, they probably aren't even on social media, a lot of my natural audience. So I can't, I, so, you know, it's word of mouth with them or, or maybe, uh, you know, a MailChimp uh, uh, mail or something. Yeah. But yeah, like, like sometimes it does feel you're, you're, you're sort of um, shouting into the darkness and you don't quite know who's there. And I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. It feels deeply unnatural. And, and also you I don't like it when people do that to me. I don't like it when people sort of constantly go, Hey, do you want to do this on, 
uh, 16th of September. No, I don't. If I did, I'd put it in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, there is that with social media. Um, I think everybody's shouting a bit too loud. Um, yeah. I'd quite happily do without it and um, and just and just focus on word of mouth. Mm. Um, always in the southwest, we live in a peculiar part of the country where m- word of mouth has its own ca- its own momentum which can very often develop into a sort of Chinese whispers hmm. where the truth gets obscured. And so uh, what was I talking about before? I was talking about connection, wasn't I? Hmm. Um, so talking about, uh, you know, the irony is that since I started my business to get a kind of connection, um, I lost a bit of connection through spending so much time on my business at home in this little room yeah um, you, you you know and it and you do notice a disbalance there's a it, um, it, it's um um sometimes um tilts tilts the balance a little bit the wrong way it becomes a bit skewed uh and uh like i'm not in a running club mm. you know and i'm not i'm not in a i'm not in a community the community that i've developed i suppose is um uh, uh the people who've been to my events or used to come out on a thursday night um, but I don't, I wouldn't call them a tribe. They're not the sort of people who go out with a while running t-shirt on or uh, oh, do these guys events. Don't do their events. Do these guys events, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, it's sort of like West side story kind of, <laughs> you know, it's, I just think that's bollocks. And I don't, I just don't identify with it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I suppose the the way I look at the whole thing with social media is that actually uh, connecting with people online really should be just the same as connecting with people face to face in a way you know you you've got you've got people that message you and then they're trying to sell you straight away and it, and it's it's it, that that's just not going to work you've got to build a relationship you've got to build a rapport with people you've got to have common common um uh, interests and common ground and all that sort of stuff and uh and it's the same it's the same out face to face as it is as it is um on online it's just about sort of the mentality towards it i guess i think i think there is a big opportunity with social media to spread a message um or to or 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 to 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 get something get something out there uh, to 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 develop and grow a business and all those sorts of things but when your um when your focus is about getting people uh, to have a focus to connect with with the outdoors um, and to find themselves that way in a way I suppose it is a little bit incongruent you've got in a way to somehow to get those people off of social media and into the real world at some point haven't you and uh, and it's managing that transition for people yeah I think so I mean it's one of the things I've liked about working with uh, Anne-Marie and Joe uh, on this salmon run project. So they're artists, really. I mean, they're artists, but they work with all sorts of uh, interesting um, disciplines. So scientists, you know, researchers, um, you know, community groups, uh, local authorities, um, activists, um, you know, all kinds of, of, of people and, and, you know, and, and fishermen as well. And um They've sort of forged uh, a sort of way of communicating, which is constantly changing. So they've got like diff- lots of different ways of communicating with people. And it makes you realize, you know, we're on this little this spectrum of communication 
and we probably use a tiny, tiny bit of bandwidth um, of that spectrum. And these guys are using a much bigger brand. And it's actually inspiring when you see that in action. Mm. It really is. It's like, it's like performance art. Um, I've always thought it's weird that you can marry uh, some disciplines. You can marry science with almost anything. You can marry, uh, you know, even uh, science and art, but you can't seem to marry art and sport very easily for some reason. There's a there's a sort of almost a dichotomy going on there, mm-hmm. and um, I just think that's a bit odd. When I lived in uh, Buenos Aires, I went to um, it's a it's a slightly incongruous story this, but I I went to this mime school for a bit because um, I thought it'd be interesting to go outside my comfort zone and learn a new skill. Mm. <laughs> so I went to this mime school, yeah. and, and 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 although I used to laugh at myself at the idea of doing it. Sometimes I used to think, why am I doing this? And I realized the reason I was doing it was because I was learning a different way of communicating. Even if I don't actually use it in day-to-day life, it was broadening my bandwidth. And, uh, and I found it really enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. I, I didn't need to explain it uh, to myself, really. I think it was just became self-evident after a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. I, um, I, my wife's doing a... Uh, um, a master's in illustration at the moment and she's learning so much about communication via different different vehicles you know so it's not just it's not just drawing it's like you know 3d physical stuff it's digital all all the different ways that you can use imagery to to you know mix with words the written word to to sort of convey a, a story or an emotion or, or or whatever and it's fascinating she's um again i don't want to go back to social media necessarily but she, you know she's set up an instagram account and and because part of the the masters is encouraging them that the people taking it to not just develop the sort of technical skills but also be able to you know promote themselves and and get their get themselves out there and all that sort of stuff and yeah, it's it's amazing the the way that the putting putting different interpretations on a subject, whether it be through um, different illustrative media or whether it be by by acting versus singing versus music or whatever it is, can really um, resonate with people. And we all know that people like to learn in different ways and have got their own preferences. But it never ceases to amaze me when you see that sort of stuff come to life. I love that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we're, 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 we're at a time right now where lots and lots of people are suffering from imposter syndrome. And you see it all the time. You see, you see these sort of confessions of people saying, I feel like I've gone past them. And I, and I, and I think it, a lot of that comes from the fact that we are, we're very splintered, uh, um, but also we're very splintered in, 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 the, in, in, in the terms of, um, uh, you know, our connections with each other, but also we, we're also very sort of monochrome in the way we communicate. Mm. And I think that um, one of the things is we, when, when, we, when we look back to our formative years, you know, the years when we kind of don't even realise it, but we're making decisions about our lives maybe, and we sort of have certain people who inspire us at that moment, um, maybe that we carry that forward for, 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 for longer than it should, or sometimes we just forget that. We forget that where that inspiration has come from. You know, so um, I think it's good to remind uh, ourselves of like what inspired inspires us. But I think also people can you can always be meeting new people who inspire you. But you just have to look at different different um, uh, 
different different stages of the of the spectrum, like different, like di- take yourself out, out out of your comfort zone and go yeah. and do something that you don't normally do. In other yeah. words, change your, your behavioural patterns, and then you can probably be inspired. And yeah. you probably didn't realise you could be inspired by that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I heard um, uh, Stephen Bartlett talking the other day, and uh, I don't know. Think, think what you like. Think what you like about him, but he's uh, he's a kind of a young, successful entrepreneur now. This on Dragons Den and all that sort of stuff. But that, but the the amount of 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 time that he spends. Uh, learning about himself and people and what makes them tick um and uh, and he talks about the fact of always have one foot outside of your comfort zone because then then what you're doing then is you're kind of you are challenging yourself and it doesn't have to be in like a massive stride like i'm going to take on the world for this that and the other but it can be in really small incremental ways and it's there which actually you you learn more about yourself you find out about more about your place in the world you think about you get new ideas. You find out what you're capable of. I mean, the thing that floats my boat really is is seeing people do things they didn't think were possible, and almost on any level. That's the, I love that. So when I'm if if I go to the theatre and what what watch something, I get amazed by by what people do on stage. Um, I sometimes cry when I'm watching Strictly Come Dancing. I mean, I've not done it for a while because I've not watched it for a while. This is this is proper confession time. I didn't realise I was going to confess this. But, but when you see people who really cannot dance, you know, kind of just doing that. So even on that kind of really simple kind of uh, mass media, trashy type level, you're actually seeing people stretch themselves and do things they didn't think were possible and that you know if 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 in if in your life you can kind of one do that yourself but also to help other people to take similar steps then then what a way to live you know yeah no i totally agree you just reminded me actually that it's our t- we we don't have a tv at the moment well we, we do have a tv but it doesn't work mm. uh so we, we need to get it fixed mm. um and uh you've reminded me that, that that in itself can be a form of inspiration that i've actually i've not got at the moment because i don't we don't we don't uh get to watch tv um we do get to watch dvds sometimes mm. yeah so that that can work i think i don't see why not yeah yeah, well, yeah good. Okay. You know, last time i cried at the tv was probably the news <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah 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 true i mean I, I to be honest with you i've stopped watching that i have stopped watching that but i probably um I get I get my news from from the, the the smartphone these days, and then I can dip in and dip out. Try yeah. try try and control when I consume it, rather than it consuming me. If you know what I mean. That, that yeah. and, and that's the same with all kinds of content online, really. Yeah, no, I uh, know what you mean. Yeah, well, we've got kids. We uh, we're at that stage now. It's like how much how much is too much? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's yeah. that line? Yeah, absolutely. And it is it is a. I mean, you know. We, yeah, they're digital natives, aren't they? So, uh, so, so that you can't you can't exclude them from from that kind of a world. I mean, we we remember when there was what three three. Oh, I remember when there was three channels of TV. Yeah, yeah I can and, remember that. <laughs> yeah, three Just channels. Channel of, yeah, exactly, exa- exactly. Three channels of TV and a landline, which was attached to one single place in the house. So you basically had to sit. Um, in the hallway or whatever to have a, a conversation on the phone with somebody and, mm. and and look at look at where we are now that's progress so look so um <laughs> i've got a couple of quick fire questions for you if you don't mind Kay. 
Yeah, quick fire. Yeah, yeah quick fire, quick fire. So quick, quick, short little answer. So, so, so what would be your perfect weekend? Oh, blimey. Right. Uh, it would change from time to time. Right now, I'd, I'd quite like a holiday. Uh, <laughs> you know, so what I like to do, ooh, um, it's changed because right now it would probably involve going somewhere with the kids. Uh, you know, I, I, I went to Silly Islands last year with the kids and I absolutely loved it. Uh, and I'd do that. I'd do that again. Mm. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, that would be a perfect weekend as long as the weather's good. Otherwise, it might not be so perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, something that involves uh, cooking over a fire, uh, being able to go for swims, uh seeing the sunset good company friends and family that's it really simple that would, that would be my perfect evening but i you know, i love sitting around a table with friends and family and the conversation is flowing and the food is good and you know who doesn't like that who doesn't yeah. enjoy that but you know i don't think it gets much better but i i do I realise that one of the reasons why I do what I do with the camps and the events and things, I lo- I do enjoy watching people enjoy themselves. Yeah. Um, I always have done, even when I was a teenager, I used to enjoy throwing parties. And uh, they say you don't enjoy your own parties. Well, that is true. As an event organiser, you quite often don't enjoy it. It's it's a quite a stressful job. Hmm. But I do enjoy watching people enjoy themselves. Excellent. So I guess that, what do you call that? Facilitator? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, create an environment where people can have fun. That sounds good. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know what the tag is, but that's what I, that, I suppose that's what I do. There'll be a more <laughs> snappy title around somewhere, but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't call you a party planner because I don't think it's quite that, but uh, no. But yeah. So, so what did your, what did your um, nine-year-old self love to do? Oh, blimey. So I was quite a sort of, I was a quite weird nine-year-old. I was, I was very, very driven and very, very, I had lots of energy. I was a pain in the bum probably. I was, I got into trouble a lot. I was quite, I was naughty, but I wasn't, I wasn't nasty. I was, I was, you know, I was a kind hearted lad, but I was still naughty, very naughty. And I got into trouble a lot. And I think partly I was because I had too much energy. I didn't know what to do with it. So I'd pick fights with older boys. I always liked to challenge um i mean even even now i like to swim against the tide a little bit <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um uh so as a nine-year-old i forgot what the question was now and what what, <laughs> what did your nine-year-old self love to do pick oh, the bigger thing. boys by the signs of it oh yeah so no um so yeah so we we, we you know uh, nine-year-olds do they still do this today i don't know uh jumpers for goalposts go out and play an algae green have a game of football me and my brother would spend hours with a rugby ball creating games um with that uh we used to go we used to nip, nip over the walls of jesmond uh tennis courts because uh, we couldn't afford the membership so we used to just get up at six in the morning and go and play on the grass courts um we used oh we did we did everything i think we were very lucky we we uh we once got arrested uh for uh walking in our pajamas across newcastle uh, the police came and arrested us, and we tried to claim sanctuary on the church by holding on to the door knocker. We thought <laughs> we could do that, and then the police brought us home uh, and got us in the trial. Well, yeah, we were just we were just adventurous uh, nine year olds. Brilliant. I mean, the reason why I ask that question sometimes is because uh, quite often there's a connection between what your eight nine year old self loved to do and the actual the actual heart of your your life's purpose. 
Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Can you see any connection? Okay, let me really think about this. Uh, nine years old, eight years old. Uh, so I was really into the rugby. Uh, I definitely was quite. A, I, I think I, I think I might have had a girlfriend, but she was. She didn't realise she was my girlfriend. <laughs> so I probably was was probably interested in the other sex at nine years old, even. Mm. Um, uh, um, but um, I, 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 I remember I could probably projected too much into films uh, when I was that age. I remember watching Greece and wanting to be in the musical itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I yeah, can relate to that. Normal. But also I mean, like running long distances. I remember when I was 10 years old, I used to run up, I used to run to the airport and back. Um, and people and people thought that was a bit mad for a for a nine year old or a ten year old. Yeah. So that must have been about ten miles to the airport and back. Wow. So yeah, I'm doing, and I remember as a family we used to go. My my dad's best mate used to take us to uh, Newcastle Airport. Such a weird thing to do. We didn't fly anywhere. We didn't catch a flight. We just went to the airport. And I realised that actually looking back at that, I used to really love going there. I used to mm. love. That sort of, I think they call it a liminal space. Yeah, uh, and it's it's that that sort of transitory area in an airport where you don't you're not going any. If you're not going anywhere, you're sort of you can you you can be anybody and you can just invent your own games. I'm talking about as a nine year old here, not yeah. not as an adult. <laughs> um, um, and and um, you're sort of like. You, your imagination comes into play much more in those kind of liminal spaces. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. It's, it's That's not. Good. It's not signposted. I don't know why we were there. Um, I don't. I think probably my dad's friend used to. Um, he used to. He used to like aeroplanes or something. Yeah, uh, or maybe or a smuggler or something. Hey, or a smuggler. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but I also remember um, another one of my dad's friends. Uh, used to take us to Gateshead Stadium and we used to run around the track. Whilst he ran around the track, mm. he let us run a mile around the track. And this became a really big thing. But round about that age, that was the year, because I must have been nine, the year that uh, Sebastian Coe, Steve Ovec were trading world records yeah. and, then, and, then, and then going to Moscow Olympics. And that was, I remember being obsessed with that when I was a kid. I was like, we talked about, you know, nothing else on the way to school. Yeah. So I think that was that probably did have a big impact on, you know, the nine-year-old me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a number of things you've spoken about there, Kerry, which um, would probably require somebody uh, with lots of qualifications to uh, to really get get under the bonnet <laughs> off because we've had we've had picking fights with bigger boys. We've had lots of energy. We've had um, we've had we've had having a girlfriend, but she didn't know that she was a girlfriend. We've had an array <laughs> smuggling. Uh, we've had an array of array of different things. I think I think really, um, yeah, energetic entrepreneur. That's what I'm getting from all of this. Yeah, there's. I think uh, there's another way of saying that, describing that. Uh, I've, I think I've probably always been quite easily bored. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, and I've always had a very wide spectrum of interests. Mm um and so you know even even though i was you know i was always very good at certain things like i, I was captain of the rugby team i played county rugby you know i used to win the, or the tennis tournaments that i used to enter i was a very good all-round sportsman uh without like <laughs> well yeah i know that sounds really cocky but i, I was mm. um but then so was my brother and so was my sister and um what was that why was i why was i talking about that 
So, but I, <laughs> I always got to the point where I, I knew if I continued doing that, I could be really, really good. Yeah. But I didn't really want to sacrifice another one of those interests because I wanted to carry on doing them all for as long as I could. Yeah. But at some point, you can't, can you? No, no, no. And some people are kind of very much always onto the next thing and, and kind of got the, a broad range of interests. And some people are very, very focused on, on one thing and there's no right or wrong. Is there, I guess it's a case of you bring this, bring this tapestry of things together. And uh, yeah, it's just interesting. It's just interesting to explore it. I mean, this was supposed to be like a quick, a quick fire, I'm sorry. Uh, like, well, no, this is, this is this is my my mismanagement of the whole situation. I've, I've allowed I've allowed myself to get sucked into. I'm quite, I'm quite hard to manage, David. Don't don't, <laughs> don't take it personally. I'm quite hard to manage. <laughs> I won't beat myself up. That's fine. That's fine. It's good. That's good. But there's a there's there's a lot there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there. Yeah, being being a child, also you know people have good childhoods and and people have bad experiences as a child don't they but that whole kind of childlike um approach to life i definitely believe that if you can if you can pull more of that childlike spirit forward into your adult life um offset perhaps some of the risks that you might take when you're a child because you've got that little bit more knowledge um and to help to keep you a little bit safer perhaps but um but yeah if you can take that kind of spirit of adventure and enthusiasm and always asking why and an and interest in in the world then uh, that can stand you in in good stead but you've got to be focused enough to get certain things done yeah i totally agree so event organizing is a good example it's a good example of that because there are a lot of uh very sort of basic things that you have to get right when you organize an events um but it's also very easy to lose sight of why you are doing it because you're 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 too busy trying to flag post or, or you know um that you're being safe or that you're you know thinking about the runner's best interest and i actually think that um some uh, race directors hide behind that a little bit you mm -hmm. know because they they basically um uh, uh um hiding hiding behind the 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 the, the uh uh the, the sort of sort of playful side or the fun element of what they're trying to do hmm. because they're trying to tick those boxes, but also highlight them at the same time. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So I think as an event organizer, your USP is not um, putting on safe events. That's taken as given. That's hmm. not your USP. You don't need to put that on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you, you know, um, but I do think that um, you have to have, be able to um, add value to what you do. The world does not need another 10K run. The world yeah. doesn't need another half marathon, uh, whether it's a trail run or not non-trail run. I think you've got to look for an element that is uh, personal to you that you can project your own sort of interest and enthusiasm and passion into, and that hopefully will come across. Yeah, brilliant. That's great advice. So look, so who inspires you the most and why then? Um, you probably won't have heard of any of the people who most inspire me because a lot of them are friends, actually. Uh, mm. people, I, t I tend to be inspired by um, a lot of my friends, of my circle of friends and, and family members, to be honest, as well. Um, but if you're talking about celebrity, I'm not really, I'm not really inspired by celebrity so much. Um, mm. I don't know why. So what, so, so what is it? What is it then that about about people that are close to you that inspires you? What is it? What is it about that 
I'm intrigued why they put up with me. <laughs> you should give them medals then. If you give people poems of races, give your, give your family and friends medals. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So, um, like I said before, I think I, I, I do tend to, I tend to have friends who, who have a different skill sets to me. And so I admire that about them. So it doesn't matter what it is. Mm. So wh whatever it may be. So I'm, 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 uh, I, I'm, I, I'm always quite, intrigued by people who can be really slow and methodical about things because i'm i'm not that way inclined mm. um you know i'm not i'm not slow and methodical um uh, but i but i can be impressed and and in, intrigued by somebody who is that way and sometimes frustrated as well <laughs> um but yeah you're talking about inspired uh you know when i when i like when i was growing up i I suppose when I was growing up as a kid, I was really inspired by, you know, S Steve Crown, uh, yeah. Brendan Foster, Mike McLeod, who, who yeah. was at my running club and won an Olympic silver medal. I was massively inspired. Jean-Pierre Reeves, the rugby players, you know, Serge Blanco was massively mm -hmm. inspired by him. Mm -hmm. um, but later on, as I became an adult, I think I became more inspired by people who actually I can relate to. Uh, so people who achieve things, yes, but we're also comfortable in our own skin or, uh, you know, we're able to actually hold down a job at the same time as achieving those things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and and yeah. increasingly now I've gone probably a step further and actually I've actually started questioning what, what is success? I know it's a bit philosophical. Like you do start getting a bit more philosophical as you get older, but mm -hmm. I do I genuinely start asking the question, what is success? You know, because success to me is not what it would have been when I was 13 years old mm. for sure. Mm. But so, um, I don't think having a poor work-life balance is success. Okay. So, so I'm not quite out, there yet. You've worked out what it isn't, though. I've worked out what it isn't. Yeah. But therefore, by definition, I've worked out what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And life, you've got to have that balance in life for sure. I think, um, I think yeah, if you... If you, if you are a success in in people people who it's quite often that people who are incredibly successful in one area of their life have made sacrifices in other areas of their life to to achieve that success and so it is a very personal thing you know and if that's a sacrifice that they're willing to make and they look back and they're glad that they've done that then you know who's to say that's not that's not a successful life because it because it is it is to them uh, it is a very individual thing and it's the same thing with 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 purpose really for me i mean uh, my, my take on it is that if everyone could unlock a purpose or their purpose or their passion and pursue it the world would be a better place uh, and it doesn't have to be a really big thing it can be it can be a quite small quite a local thing you know it doesn't have to be finding a cure for um cancer or whatever so that, that doesn't float some people's boat sometimes it can be look i just want to I want I want to be a good friend to 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 Jim who I've known for years or whatever it is um find it unlock it pursue it that's a, a successful life yeah no I I I I agree um I I I I think I'm like I'm not inspired by a single-minded pursuit of one goal mm. anymore um, I probably would have been when I was 10 11 12 13 yeah. because I didn't realize um, but you know, I, I've been lucky, like, I've, I've you know, I've, I have lived with Olympians and I've lived with, you know, international athletes and, and spent time with them. 
and you mm. do see you see the sacrifice and, and, and being a highly driven to sort of moderately successful um sportsman myself and um you you, you realize the sacrifices that go into it but i don't automatically uh admire someone who makes sacrifices mm. um I, th- I think it depends what those sacrifices are but yeah. it also it it requires them to be a three-dimensional individual for me yeah you know, a two-dimensional, a two-dimensional individual. You know, you could be a Lance Armstrong. Uh, you know, um, who has achieved amazing things. But at the end of the day, are, does that mean you're inspired by Lance Armstrong? Yes, lots of people are. I'm not. I'm not mm. inspired by him because I know what he's done. Yeah. To to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's good. Well, it's very, very interesting. So I've got one more, one more question for you then, because I'm conscious that we've been, uh, we've been talking for a little while now. So, uh, so, and I've been, I've loved every second of it, but, um, but we probably should bring ourselves to a, a close pretty soon. So, so what, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to find and follow their passion in life? Listen to others. Um, because you never know when you can learn something from someone. It could be at a bus stop. Um, if you're a shy person, try to overcome that because whereas we all might like shy people, it is actually, it is massively to your advantage if you can uh, speak to people rather than shy away uh, and make, uh, make a connection. Because you never know. You never know who you're going to talk to. You never know what you're going to learn. Mm. You never know um, how that's going to shape your day. Um, and don't do things because of what others think of you. And that's, that's definitely been a lifelong lesson for me. That's brilliant, Kerry. Well, that, it's been great to have you on People With Purpose. I've loved the conversation. And uh, and yeah, uh, there's been little gems peppered throughout the conversation that we've Oh, likewise. We've had. I, I, th- I feel like I've had some good business advice from you, whether you realise it or not. Oh, good. Well, there you go. See, <laughs> that just goes to prove what you just said. Listen yeah. and, 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 you know, be, be, be able to talk because you never know what you're going to get out of it. That's perfect. So where can people find and follow um, your work? Um, well, they can look at the website if they want to. Um, it's there, um, wildrunning.co.uk. Um, but I'd prefer they actually come and seek me out, um, either at one of the events or just give me a ring or even email me. Maybe not Maybe not uh, message me through Facebook or something because I increasingly find that I don't, <laughs> I don't respond to that. Uh, but, um, yeah, look me up if you have a question. I- I'd love to. I'd love to uh, be able to help somebody who comes with a genuine question and it's coming from a real place, not yeah. a sort of lazy, oh, can anyone help me on Facebook kind of kind of way, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah, absolutely. Well, and also if you look on the worldrunning.co.uk uh, website, you'll be able to see the kind of things that, that, that you've been, you've been up to and you've done over the years. Um, and it gives a really good feel for the sort of things that, that you've done and you're doing now. Um, and uh, and yeah, there's events that are coming up um, that you want to get involved in. Um, Wildrunning.co.uk is a place to find it. So that's brilliant. Yeah, we do podcasts as well, David. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's the Wildrunning yeah. podcast, isn't it? So we do. Yeah, I'm hoping to branch out uh, uh, to, to to go beyond the realms of running at mm. some point. Okay. Well, 
I look forward to that because I do actually subscribe to your podcast. So, uh, all right, okay, excellent. Thank you. Good. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Been a pleasure. Thanks a lot, David. Brilliant. Look, and um, it'd be good. Um, so, are you doing? Are you doing Dartmoor runners at the moment, or not? Not so yeah, much. Yeah. So, I, I was actually talking to someone about this the other day. Um, I would like to get involved because I know they're looking for somebody to uh, to mark out some courses. Mm. Um, as soon as my toe is recovered, I, I want to get involved in that. Right. Okay. Uh, how, well, how did you break your toe? Oh god, it's embarrassing. Uh, I was chasing my kids. I didn't have any shoes or socks on. So yeah. I was chasing them around a leisure center and yeah. there was literally a, all there was in the room, this massive room, sports hall, was a giant bouncy castle and a vertical metal basketball hoop. And I managed to kick that at full speed. <laughs> Broke my it, toe. It but I, I also um because I, at the time I didn't know for sure it was broken, I kept on running on it. And yeah. I, did, I even then did a fell race and did a fell race right. with it broken. Uh, and I think I probably made it a bit worse. Mm, mm. But it's been eight weeks now and it's been quite slow to heal. Right. So. I had um, I had a situation where I I was running along a towpath in, in Peterborough and I, I tripped over a um, I think I was. I think I was. It was one of those occasions where I was quite tired. It was about the end, coming towards the end of about a five mile run, first thing in the morning. And uh, this, uh, yeah, this this little little tree root leapt out at me, and I, I. But I must have kicked it full on. You know, sometimes where you, if it's the wrong place in your stride, that you end up taking taking the impact fully on right on the end of a big toe. And uh, yeah, I went down. Glasses flew off. I shouted a. Uh, expletive really loudly uh, the people the people on the on the on the canal sleeping in their in their barges must have got an unruly awakening that morning with me with me with me but you know dusted myself off when i was all right they had a couple of I had a couple of baddies but i was okay but the toes still sore it's amazing isn't it this little small um appendage on your foot and all yeah. of a sudden it can cause you no end of trouble it's unbelievable really yeah, I know. I know. I was hoping to hear some sort of a slightly more uplifting story. <laughs> but it still hurts today. <laughs> right, right. Everything's going to be okay, Kerry. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be okay. We'll uh, we'll be back on the more soon. No way. That's what that's what I want to hear. <laughs> Excellent, brilliant. All right. Well, on that note, it's been brilliant to talk. Thanks ever so much. All right. Thanks a lot, David. And have a good evening with you with your children. Will do. Thank you. All right. Look after yourself. Take care. Cheers, Kerry. Bye now. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, Tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye. Bye.